0: Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. I'm here with Sage DeVault.
1: What's up? What's up? I remember when I was about like 10 or 11. used to like make these cds and he would just introduce me to just bands i would never i feel like when you were 10 or 12 years old you'd just go on like the the top 10 on apple (laughs) itunes and that's what you're listening to so like my brother like completely kind of changed my mindset with that and like i remember he introduced me to like kid Cudi very early oh yeah and daft punk and like early crooker crookers and Mm -hmm. like bloody beat roots at the time and i was like mind blown and then it's cool. My family, it, my siblings specifically, are very music oriented. So you have more than your brother. Yeah. So my older brother, my older brother, he plays a ton of instruments. I, I do music. My little sister, he, uh, she sings, and like my little brother, he like dances and sings. So
0: wow, you're just like surrounded by creative yeah. people. Yeah. And
1: it, what's crazy is my mom and dad. They don't even, um, they're not even like, they never did anything with music. So they're kind of like mind blown that like, you know. They made a bunch of kids that are yeah. super, like, immersed in the music industry, which is which is really cool. But I attribute, like, a lot of kind of my, um, you know, first kind of um, experience with, like, electronic music just due to my family. What do your
0: parents do, anyways?
1: My dad does, like, national accounts for, like, Ken's food, so it's, like, uh... Like, sweet baby raised sauce. Like, he's in the food service industry. And then my mom, she's just a house mom.
0: Is there a parent that, like, you're closer to? It sounds like it's your mom, but...
1: It, it varies. I would definitely say my mom I'm able to talk to a lot. Uh-huh. And she's just, like, a good friend to just, I guess, like, open up to. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm just as close with my dad. I would say it's pretty equal. I mean, thankfully, Orange County is not too far away. Yeah. So I try and see, like, my sister and my younger brother and my mom and dad pretty frequently, like mm-hmm. I would say maybe, maybe like two, three times a month.
0: That's and good, then, yeah.
1: And then my older brother, he's in San Francisco, so I kind of see him more, I, I kind of see him rarely, but whenever I have a show up there or a mm-hmm. certain situation where I can have him come to a show, that's where I kind of try and make it happen where he can hang out. Other than yeah. like
0: Kid Cudi and like what your brother exposed you to, what kind of music were your parents playing in the house?
1: They were definitely playing a lot. They love, they, my dad particularly loves like um, almost, like, 90s, 2000s, like, breakbeat music. So he was very into Prodigy, uh-huh. like, and Chemical Brothers. And I mean, I remember listening. I, I remember when he first introduced me to Prodigy and, like, playing Firestarter and a lot of these, like, a lot of those records on mm-hmm. that album. He, I was totally blown away. And yeah. I was, and, and at such a young age, you you think it's just such weird music. But now I'm like, I'm so thankful that he kind of introduced me to it early because I feel like that sound is coming back. Like it's a mm-hmm. wave of just raw sounds, dark sounds, like very more, less polished electronic music where you can actually like, you can almost hear the subtle, um, you can almost hear like the subtle mistakes in the song, which makes it like more human and more cool, mm-hmm. um, but yeah that my dad got me introduced to like prodigy at a very young age, which was super cool and what about your mom? my mom she was kind of the same way she she kind of introduced me mostly to depeche mode, which mm-hmm. I' kind of bring up again and but she kind of showed me a lot of eighties music where it 's more like it 's more like ballads or mm-hmm. these kind of long like medleys like there 's a there's a certain song, Depeche Mode, somebody that she showed me, mm-hmm. which is like a song I still listen to almost every day. Which is dang, which is like a, a song that you wouldn't even think it's a Depeche Mode record, but she just kind of introduced me to just very like old, like tasteful music. Like if you mm-hmm. play it now, it would totally resonate like in the times now, regardless of how old it sounds, which is really cool.
0: In high school, you played like a bunch of lacrosse, is that right? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. What, like, could you tell me what else was pretty indicative of your high school experience? Like, your friends, or,
1: like, what were your grades like? Um, yeah, I mean, l- lacrosse was definitely a huge part of my life for a while, mm-hmm. ever since, like, fourth grade. It was just kind of the main sport I played. Mm-hmm. Um, school-wise, school-wise, I actually I did very well in school, and I, I, I would just get very lucky. I, I was kind of one of those kids where I was a good test taker. Mm-hmm. But like I, when it came to like really fully understanding like a project or whatever, I would kind of fall behind. But I I was I was able to, you know, really maintain good grades throughout mm. high school. Um, what were your favorite classes? Uh, I was always super into like American history and mm. all all kind of like the U.S. history classes and like um, U.S. government and stuff like that. Mm. I always found it very. I always found that very interesting. So, and then, like,
0: social sciences.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say, like, my friend group in high school, we always used to skateboard,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, just very kind of freely. There was a lot of skate parks in Orange County, so. Cool. It was just something we kind of did throughout high school, just as, like, a added hobby.
0: Do you still skate?
1: I don't. I, I feel like I've gotten too tall now where... Because, <laughs> like, back then I was, su- like... I was, I'm a, I was a late bloomer, so mm-hmm. in high school I was very short. I remember once I got to my junior, senior year, that's like when things kind of really shot up because, you know, I grew like six, seven inches, and yeah. um, I started getting like recruited to play at certain colleges, and it's so funny. It's like I had such a different life path for a while. Oh, yeah? Where it was, what do you, mean? you know, music was in my life, but it was it was a hobby, like I was mm-hmm. very focused on sports, was very focused on you know i wanted to be a broadcast journalist interesting um and like be like a sports analyst it was so funny that was my total life path up Uh until i was about 18 19. music was always a part of my life but it when i was around 18 19 it really just kind of shot into my life Mm -hmm. almost randomly where i just got this wave of inspiration because mind you i was You know, when I was 16, 17, I was doing edits on SoundCloud when SoundCloud was huge at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of growing organically, just putting out mashups. All of a sudden, I just kind of got a wave of inspiration. And I was like, you know what, I I really want to apply myself. I, I had, like, the blinders on and I was super, like, I had no doubts. One of my now managers, he DM'd me on Facebook and was like, hey, I love what you're doing on SoundCloud everything else. And all this stuff it's really cool i love kind of the images and some of these and some of these songs so i'd love for you to come up to like la for like a quick meeting a quick luncheon
0: and... you didn't think that was like spam or anything I, were you
1: like i know i actually i i hit up uh just a few people that that was like mutual friends i was like what mm-hmm. do you think of this guy whatever and they're like oh he's super cool okay <laughs> and so i yeah i met up with him and like the rest was history i i remember i moved up to la about two months later
0: mm-hmm.
1: and immediately just got activated to just really get into music. That's crazy. Um, Yeah, which is wild.
0: That total, like, diversion away from, like, your set path.
1: Yeah, a total flip. And now I cannot see it any other way. Like, there's no way I can't be not involved in music now. Mm
0: -hmm. I know you started, like, producing at, like, 17 and, like, DJing around, like, 12 years old, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Um,
0: Like, what really, like, sparked your interest when you were so young, like, at 12?
1: Um... My older brother he actually he bought like one of these like like 100 150 dollar like dj controllers mm-hmm. and and it came with like this mixing software mm-hmm. god i'm trying to remember the name but i can't remember the name <laughs> but it was it was just this super small like two track controller mm-hmm. and he brought it home and he was like he was like yo we should just test this out and just like play around whatever and i was just hooked like uh-huh. immediately hooked like figuring out how to how to mix songs together and, like, figure out, like, what songs sound good with what and creating, Mm -hmm. like, mashups and all this stuff. How was that not
0: a sign when you were,
1: like, in college? I, exactly, I mean, exactly. The the thing was is, you know, it was always, you know, music was just always something that I loved and I was Mm -hmm. starting to get good at and and all these things, but... It was just still a hobby, you know? I didn't yeah. think it was like something you could full, I could fully go for it yet. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, like I said, it was a very impulsive kind of yeah. decision, but it paid off. My older brother just, yeah, he brought home that controller and kind of the rest was history with that, where d- at least DJing wise, I was able to like, you know, start mixing like parties with friends. I, I, was, I yeah. used to cut like CDs of like my mashups and edits and I would, you know, I'll give them to my parents and my friends and, and just uh-huh. have them like listen to in the car. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what really uh, got me into it all.
0: That's awesome. That's so cool that it just like clicked naturally for you. I feel like people spend like hours trying to figure things out, and like it's awesome for you. I
1: would be able to just really hear tracks, and you know, be able to be like, oh, this would sound good with this. Like, very, it came like, it was very fluid and mm-hmm. easy.
0: And I know, like, you started putting out that like most of your music on SoundCloud, right?
1: I remember I, I just did mashups. And I would like mash like Drake with Flume or I'd mash like Wiz Khalifa Mm -hmm. with like what's on. not. It was very just like fun stuff. And Mm -hmm. I remember at the time SoundCloud was just so big where it was like if you, you know, if you if if you blew up on SoundCloud at the time, you you could immediately become a touring artist. Mm
0: -hmm. So you put out Jade and that was like kind of a monumental thing for you, like pushing your own boundaries and like working on something creatively for yourself. Yeah. Is there anything else you've done other than like festivals that's pretty similar to that, where it's like something that's just so totally your own and like a breakthrough?
1: Um, I would say, I would say just on the the visual front, just the guys that I work with, Mowgli Lee and my buddy Patrick Grine. I think mm-hmm. I think what we're doing is is super unique to what like kind of quote unquote Devault is like visually. So everything we do from posting on Instagram. Or, or all the, the videos that we did with the Stay EP and now with Jade mm-hmm. the goal is to just be like how can we how how can we just be different and just yeah. appreciating kind of like oh, okay we're you know there's all these cool things going on with artists doing all this cool stuff but what can we do that's just like singular uh, you can just be like okay this this feeling or this visual aspect just applies to the ball and I mm-hmm. think it's, it's really helped just kind of um, you know for me as art because I love I love showing who I am as like an artist visually I try and hold it as just as important as the music
0: you performed at like Coachella made in America snow globe and then like your favorite which was um holy ship yes like could you tell me like which one was like the biggest highlight I'm guessing it's obviously holy ship but like just tell me more about it
1: yeah yeah a few I First off, I would say I just recently played Phoenix Lights and mm-hmm. that, was, that was a really, it was like the first time where I really got like a great set time, where, mm-hmm. I, got to, where I got to play in front of a, a crowd of people and like a large, large crowd and everybody was so engaging and really knew my records and it, it, it was just such a cool experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, without a doubt, Holy Ship is just such a great time, just in general. And mm-hmm. I had one of my best sets there where Gasly was doing, um, he did, like, a takeover for that night, and I got to play a set during that takeover, and it was just, mm-hmm. it just felt so boiler room, like, a family. That's awesome. And it was crazy. It was packed. There was no rules. It it just felt very, um, felt, it felt, it felt very, like, true to what, like, the dance community is, which is mm-hmm. so, like, immersive and together, and I think the whole, the reason why Holy Ship is so great is, like, the artists can't leave, you know, they can't act too cool or try and be, like, separated. It's, like, you're, you're put right in with you know the fans and mm-hmm. it's cool you, you become friends with certain fans and the, the you know the people that are there and you become friends with certain artists and it's just such a good like bonding time for everybody mm-hmm. there's no like I feel like sometimes especially in like certain parts of LA or wherever you notice people start getting like into certain cliques and all, only like you know they only will like be around certain people but when you go to Holy Ship it's like everybody is together you're Every- stuck together you're on a boat yeah, yeah. But, and it's I think that is just so, is just so cool about it mm-hmm. um, and like I, I remember leaving Holy Ship and I'm like I want to play here every year mm-hmm. like it's, it's just definitely the type of like festival and experience that you know it's like second to none like it's, it's mm-hmm. so good it, it's such an unbelievable time
0: That's awesome. But yeah. Um, how has your music changed since you started putting stuff out?
1: Um, Man, it's changed drastically. I, I hate I hate the stuff from like 2016. Oh, yeah? I wish I could delete it. Yeah, it's it's so Does it like Mickey cringe. Oh yes, God, it's it is it <laughs> it, 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 it. But it, you know, you go through trial and errors, and you know, you figure out like who you truly are over time. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny. I remember in the beginning, I totally thought like I was like, man, I want to be. I want to be like all crime. I want to be like what's oh Not. I wanna be like these artists. And then you kinda of realize it's like you just gotta you gotta find you. And mm-hmm. that and you may not be like as popular like sound wise. At least if, in the beginning. Yeah, at least yeah. in the beginning. But if you're like if you stay true to you and push your genuine self and understand, okay, what do I truly get inspired by? What do I truly just enjoy as a listener and how can I mm-hmm. apply it to myself? And you know, so it's funny. I, I remember I started I wanted to do like this weird like future trap stuff like 140 like and then I just slowly started it just slowly started shifting into more of the stuff that I get that I used to listen to as a kid and Mm -hmm. the stuff that I was just so immersed in at a young age where uh, suddenly I I started liking like kind of this 100 to 120 stuff which is a lot of like 80s records and and I started listening to like kind of all of their kind of drums and Mm -hmm. their formats and I just started realizing my own sound was just built off of like my inspiration from the beginning and then I just started appreciating kind of the things that I was teaching myself in the studio and certain sounds that I just like to hear and how could I just apply it to my own sound and over time it just became a cycle where now I feel I feel very confident in Mm -hmm. in my own sound I feel like I've really found um, you know my kind of quote unquote style. And I know mm-hmm. it's gonna be evolving, but I know now that I have such a good foundation yeah. compared to like, you know, when I first started in 2016, it was very just kind of making music that I thought, you know, oh I hope other people will like this, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now it's more like I'm just focusing on how can I tell my story in like my own way.
0: How have you changed in general like in the past couple of years, like just personally?
1: Um I would say I would say when I, like, first came to L.A. and first started making music, at first it was – I was just, like, a lover of – just a lover of music, and I was just so excited, and I think over the past, like, two years, and especially signing with such a great label with Geffen Mm -hmm. at Interscope, like, I feel like now I'm in such, like, you know, a quote-unquote artist mode. I just – I feel – I feel so in tune with myself artistically compared to, like, when I first came here. It was more just like, oh, I'm excited. I want to make – exciting music now it's I'm very set on you know how can I create you know my own legacy and how can I I've realized that you know you're the you're the only one that can tell your story the best way Mm -hmm. so you should just dive in be super vulnerable um, really not be worried if something's gonna click right away
0: Mm -hmm. as
1: long as you feel good in what you're making that, I mean, that's what's going to take a long way. And it's, and it's yeah. so funny. The records that I felt like wouldn't really, quote-unquote, do as well actually became, you know, the records that, like, you know, my fans, like, really enjoy mm-hmm. or, or people that have DM'd me and been like, oh, my God, I love this, quote-unquote, like, this record and I love what it's done. And mm-hmm. I think what I've realized just now as a person, I've just became more... Um, just way more in tune with just myself. That's awesome. And I think I was scared in the beginning to show that because I was more, I, I would say two years ago, I was more of a person where I was like, man, I, I really want to impress people. And I think I was too focused on that. And, and now it's more, I'm just fully focused on myself and how can yeah. I just tell my story, period, you know?
0: Yeah. What are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in your life?
1: Um... Let's see, I'd say, I would say the biggest challenge is, I remember just saying it previously, I think when I just came back after school and deciding to really go for music, I think that was just like a big life hurdle I had to get through. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I feel like the universe was testing me a bit with having to work at Costco, <laughs> you know, going through a bad breakup, and then, yeah. you know, having to, uh, you know, I, I had I had just a bad relationship with my family at the time, too, and, you know, I think... I think that was just a challenge because I think at any moment I could have been like, you know what? I just give up. I'm gonna stay in mm-hmm. OC. I'm just gonna work and I'm just gonna party and just do whatever and do my own thing. And um, I think, I think, just like persevering through that and just staying very diligent and working hard. I I just kind of noticed like you know when you work hard enough, uh, some good luck happens. Yeah. Like you know, one of my managers DM, DMing me out of the blue, like, that's a very just a good luck opportunity, yeah. you know, because he saw something where I was working hard, I was putting music out, and started working with my buddy Patrick, who he just started doing graphic design, and, you know, we were just trying things. We were working hard, and...
0: It's like a total flip. Like, yeah. the universe was against you and then conspired for you.
1: Yeah, and, and it had, was a yeah. big... And luckily, I just loved music, and I think that's what helped really get through that kind of, like, big life challenge, mm-hmm um is that and I think the next I think the next kind of challenge at least just music wise was just really understanding who I am as an artist and I think I, I the first year or two I wish I could go back and I, the way I, my mindset is now I wish I could start my music career with his mindset you know because I I, yeah. I I am young and I had to go through a lot of trial and error and I made mistakes and just kind of like realizing like oh this style is just not genuine to me or mm-hmm. the certain music is just not genuine to me and I think kind of one of the big challenges was you know working hard enough to just create your own thing and being genuine and yeah. really um, creating your own style and thankfully I, I was able to get to that point now Yeah, but, but yeah I think those two challenges are something that like really um, I guess keep me like very kind of settled and Mm -hmm. self-aware when you know other things kind of come in
0: I was going to say like those things just pretty much led you to having a stronger sense of identity now so yeah totally
1: you know what it's I I I wouldn't want it any other way because I feel I feel like much more humbled now and I I just I feel very fortunate and I'm glad that you know I had to go through like some mistakes and learn or I had to go through these kind of tough times I feel like it makes you appreciate when good things happen, when you're mm-hmm. able to play shows. Like, I, playing shows is just the most, you know, favorite happy time for me. Like, being able to play festivals and stuff yeah. like that. Because, awesome. you know, I used to be the same, I used to be the same kind of, uh, you know, audience member watching mm-hmm. the artists I love. And it's it's really cool being on the other side. And yeah seeing, you know, like, fans, like, come up after shows and be like, oh, I've been listening to this, this so-and-so song for so long. It's mm-hmm. helped me through so much. And that's such a cool feeling because when I hear, you know, the, the songs of, like, Depeche Mode or whatever, it's helped me through, like, my life for yeah. the certain artists that I love and hearing their music. It, it, it's, 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 really a, it's really just a cool feeling overall yeah. for sure.
0: Totally. What does love mean to you?
1: <laughs> um... Man, I think it's. I think love is. Man, that's an interesting question, actually. But I think it just comes down to. Uh, I don't know. It's a whole emotion in itself. You kind of realize once you like fall in love or just have like love for your family, you realize it's it's a total like separate emotion. It's a total separate feeling. I would say it has to do with a lot, though. I think uh, love is like the culmination of like like passion and I would say just full on trust I think trust mm-hmm. is just so important and I think like I think like awareness for like the other person and communication yeah. I think like when you put those things together that's what creates like what love is and I don't know I feel like it's it's still pretty unexplainable um, like even like when I had the bad relationship with my parents a little bit during that time but like when I worked hard enough to figure myself out, you kind of have a newfound, like, I had like a newfound mm-hmm. love for my family because I kind of realized they were hard on me because they wanted me to, if I really had to go for it, I had to go for it, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't them, wasn't them being like, oh, why are you doing this, whatever. It was actually them kind of testing me. Yeah. You know, so it was testing me to make sure that what I'm doing is the right choice and it's really me. Because they mm-hmm. they had instances where like, oh, no, you're going back to school you're going oh, you're you know you're not doing this like what's going on whatever whatever but you know i, I just know. wanted
0: to see you thrive yeah and, and
1: i think even um you know i've gone through certain relationships just with girls that have just come and gone and you kind of you kind of realize that there's different like stages of love and you kind of appreciate it too mm-hmm. you just appreciate it when it's when it's there and when it's great and when it's yeah. gone well, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's a tough question, though, to be yeah. like, to really have a specific answer. You know? And
0: to say in just a couple minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. This is another one of those questions, but... Yeah, go for it. What do you want to be remembered for?
1: That's a good one. I think... I think what I want to be remembered for is... What I'm still trying to accomplish, especially just with electronic music, is how can I revitalize almost like the human aspect of what electronic music was founded upon? Mm-hmm. And I think everything's so digital now and everything's so like to the beat and everything's so quantized, everything's so like polished. And I think, you know, my goal, at least both visually and on kind of like an audio perspective is I want people to look back and see to follow this a guy that was just trying to trying to almost revitalize the core of you know what electronic music was about and you mm-hmm. I think you sometimes forget like the club scene is is tr- is is a completely separate side of what electronic yeah. music is and there's such like there's artists that are just really bending the like indie and electronic scene or like the rock and the electronic scene there's there's all these kind of um, different waves of electronic music that are being super great and I want to be a part of that I want to be known for just rather than being you know I feel like we're in such a weird kind of like DJ culture where you're expecting like the same experience and I think when you just come to uh, I want people to just remember me one for the DeVault show that that I'm putting together like later this year and Mm -hmm. also two it's you know an artist that fully appreciated the visual aspect as much as you know as much as the music, yeah. And I think that's what I've really been able to form early on, right now, because I still have a very like long career to learn and do things. But I mm-hmm. think right now I'm holding the visual side at a good importance, and I think it's being appreciated. Mm-hmm. And Jade, I think, is a great example of that. Yeah, totally. Creating this short film format, and I think that's what will help, uh, you know, my own legacy when people look back on it. You know. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Well, that's awesome. Thank you for coming on Sidewalk. Yeah, I
1: like. appreciate it. Yeah.